Hi everyone, and welcome to the 211th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone! Yeah, it, we're here? Yeah. It's, it's, it's 2021? We made it. <laughs> is it, is it better? Uh, is it better yet, Churro? I don't know, but hey, we made it. Yeah, we did make it, so that's, that's the good part. So uh yeah we're we're here still no, Churro, how, how, still no flying yeah. cars or gummy ships I know what what man I've been waiting for gummy ships this whole time I don't know man I want to see like one of those like lame uh like cheese ball ones that everybody makes that's like the donut gummy ship where it's like really hard to hit it with the guns There you go Where's my donut gummy ship or where's my like recreation of a Gundam that flies through the air Still haven't That's got my that favorite yet. gummy ships. Yeah, Cheryl, how was your uh, how was your holidays? How how those go? It was it was fine. You know, couldn't really go out anywhere. So yeah, uh, true. So I just stayed home and streamed. Yeah, that's well, hey, that, that's something. Yeah, I'll uh, I will say. Speaking of stream, but not in related to me streaming me, but me streaming something. I uh, I signed up for. Disney Plus, yay! And I started watching stuff like uh, The Simpsons, which is on there now, which is great. And uh, I, I did watch at least one episode in Japanese. It was hilarious. Um, yeah. W- by the way, so me living in Japan, I have to get the Japanese version of D- Disney Plus, which every every, everything is available in english that's the good news it's also available in japanese um yeah so far so good really love it uh but it's like it, it yeah it's it's really weird and i would say the biggest problem with it right now is because it's like this weird deal between Disney and Docomo, Docomo being the cell phone company that apparently they beat Disney to the punch to having a Disney streaming service here in Japan, and they had to make some sort of deal with them. Dude. So it's all tied in with Docomo, which thankfully I have Docomo. That's my cell phone provider, and I was able to set it up easily enough, uh, but one of the problems with that is there's a a very limited uh, compatibility with streaming devices. So for most streaming apps, I can just get it on my LG TV. Like I have Amazon prime video. That's an app. I can get Netflix, you know, I can get most of the big streaming service just as an app on my TV. And, Worst case scenario, I could just download the app on like my PS4 or on my Xbox or whatever. And you kind of can, but not on the Japanese side because uh, in Japan, ironically, the Sony PlayStation 4 is not supported by Disney Plus. Yeah. And even if you go through the hassle of signing into your American account and then downloading the app anyway and then logging in with your Japanese uh, Disney Plus account, it will still say, sorry, this is not supported in your region. So it's it's pretty bad. Basically, the only devices that it's supported on out here is uh, the Apple TV, 
the Amazon Fire Stick, and Google Chromecast, which I've considered getting one of those, but for now I've just been connecting my PC to my TV and watching it on my TV that way, which is a pain with uh, HD content protection, HDCP, because sometimes it'll like detect my other screens that are connected to my uh, computer and then think I'm like trying to like record the TV show and then like be like, uh, you can't have all these screens connected, but if you want to keep watching, you can watch in standard definition. And I'm like, oh my God, Ouch. it's terrible. It's one of those situations. So I have to like do this crazy song and dance where it's like I have to make sure all my screens are off. I have to reboot the computer with only my TV connected. And then, and only then can I watch on my TV. That is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. It's really stupid. And uh, I don't want to buy a Fire Stick or a Chromecast for something that I know my PlayStation 4 can do. It's like there's no reason for it not to work on the PS4. It's literally just a Docomo, Disney, and Sony PlayStation problem that should be solved. Why is it not (laughs) solved yet? And that's the problem. So I'm just trying to tough it out. Uh, I have watched most of The Mandalorian. And I got to say, that's a really good show. I really like that show. That is some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. And uh, definitely just, uh, the best Star Wars I've seen that's released in a long time. Just wait till you get to the end. You're going to love it even more. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen through... I'll, I'll just let you know how far I've seen. I've seen through... Uh, I watched all of season one. And I've watched through, I'm going to guess, about half maybe a little over half of season two i think i just finished watching episode five so i think i have like three episodes left You're getting there of season two yeah so i i should finish it soon and yeah so far i really like it i'm interested in uh giving a one Wand- wandavision a shot because you know i i've i've watched through all the uh uh marvel movies so might be kind of neat to continue the story with uh wanda and vision um not sure if i'll like it not sure if i'll stick with that but um i'm interested to give it a shot um but yeah so far it's been a mandalorian and simpsons subscription service for me hey that's how i use mine too star wars simpsons you know it's it 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 does its job yeah I mean, I, I want to watch Disney stuff on it, too, but I'm just not the kind of person that is just, like, constantly re-watching Disney movies. Like, for me, Disney movies are, like, a uh, maybe in, like, one year, I might watch four Disney movies. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's about it for me. And I think my next Disney movie that I'm going to watch is going to be Lion King, the original animated Lion King. So I'm, I'm excited to do that. Uh, I, I will just say real quick, uh, Mandalorian, powered by Unreal Engine 4. Yep. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> There's an Unreal logo at the end of every, uh, at the end of every Mandalorian episode, and it looks amazing. 
so yeah, anyway, uh, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And we have a, a, a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. Not a news, but a news segment? Yes. It is news with a question mark at the end. It's one of those segments where I'm going to let y'all be the judge on whether or not it's news. I think it's interesting. It is news. Okay, so I'll, I'll just say this. The, the news that's in the news segment is news. The question is, is it necessarily important or is it relevant to Kingdom Hearts? That's going to be the question. <laughs> and that's why I put a question mark at the end of the news. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Louis James, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who's at your by Yoon Ray, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin, uh, Miles Ribbons, Bar- Billy Jackson, who are at underscore Billy Jackson, uh, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22, Yam Potato, and Churro, if you take these last ones. We got Noah Luttrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bayali, Joshua Johnson, who's at The Cancer Bus, Freya Stella, Lauren Lewiscombe, Tim Michael Verne, who's at Phoenix 02SA, Marco Liliu, and Tammy Turner's Babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And if you weren't here for the last show, you don't know yet, but I'll just remind you from last episode onward and also from now onward, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game. There you go. And I will just preface this right now that there is at least one question in the question segment that we'll get into Melody of Memory spoilers, so expect it then and expect it any time because we could just go go into spoilers at any time. And that means anything up until Melody of Memory stuff, those spoilers are all fair game. So just fair warning to you. All right, so now moving on to the news segment. So our first part of news is that Esquire Magazine has named Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory their best rhythm game of 2021. Um, Yay! Was, was there any other rhythm games released in 2021 that... Oh, um, I don't... I think this counts. Uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, Juan Hasmer, his game. No Straight Roads. That's what it was. That's the only one I remember. I'm sure. I'm sure there's more, but like, yeah, the big title names that we're you know referring to. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't even really know. <laughs> I, I mean, frankly, I don't keep up too much with them. I 
I think Disco Elysium. I don't know if that's a 2020 game, but I heard that's really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's a 2020 game. Yeah, I'm surprised Melody of Memory won to that. But that's awesome. Hey, yeah. it, it won it won an award. Congrats, then. <laughs> yeah, I would... Uh, if, if I had to give Melody of Memory an award, it would be uh, for best theme song. And I'm going to call that theme song uh, Dearly Beloved, the swing version. Because, <laughs> man, that, that was a... That was a that was a 2020 jam for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm proud of Melody of Memory for winning that. I, I was yeah really uh, pleasantly surprised. I don't know like how people feel about Esquire magazine as a uh, uh, source for uh, game awards, but hey, you gotta you gotta take what you can get, and I appreciate it uh, from anywhere. Uh, Churro, this is a little bit off topic, but I want to ask you a very serious question. Go for it. What was your game of the year of 2020? Ooh. That's a serious question, I know. It's a big big bomb, bomb to drop on you. Okay, let, let, I'll put it to you this way. You can let, I'll give you two. You can have two game of game of 2020s and one of them is going to be the game that you think was the best of 2020 and then the other one can be the one that's your favorite. Hmm. The one that you like anyway, even if it's flawed. Hang on. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> actually... so I've got two. Okay. I have two. Okay, go for it. I'll, I'll take so... a look at the games that are released. Yeah. Um... Okay, let me clarify. I have two, but uh, one of them was definitely not released in 2020. One of them was, but one of them was not. And I'm just going to say that the reason that I'm going to give it to a non-2020 game is because these are my games of 2020 and it's honest to where I am in my gaming life which is uh, very um, uh, I don't know malnourished we'll say because I am in very hardcore like grind mode when it comes to uh, my art portfolio which you can find at uh, artstation.com slash Brandon Gonzalez, all uh, lowercase, all one word, and Brandon is spelled B-R-A-N-D-E-N. And you can see my Captain America there, my CG Captain America. And uh, that in that combined to my next character and other things has been taking up literally all my time. And I basically don't have really any time for video games. Uh, but in the course of the entire year i played a couple of games obviously melody memories included uh in that list of games that i played uh but in terms of the best game that i played this year the very best i would have to say that was near automata like in terms of i can say without a doubt objective quality that was an amazing game Highly recommend it. Nier Automata, very good. I I never played the original Nier. I have actually tried to play Nier Automata in the past and never really got into it. I, I've, I even purchased it. I purchased it on PC around the time when the PC version came out and just could not get into it. And then I have, when it came out later through Game Pass 
and I, I had considered to play it, but it wasn't until this year that I finally gave it a good college try and I committed to like really giving it a, a good go. And wow, that game is amazing. It is absolutely, uh, bar none, the best game that I played last year in terms of it being like objectively a good video game with, uh, you know, yeah, everything about it is amazing. The second game in my uh, games of 2020 is my favorite game of 2020. And I didn't think it was going to be my favorite at first. Um, I actually, when I first played it, and I think this is going to be key to this and maybe key for a lot of people. When I first played this game, I liked it and enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, I don't know. I had a lot of problems with it that kind of kept it from being really high up there. And it's now through replaying it again, which my replay started, you know, end of 2020. So maybe technically this is a 2021 game for me. But now replaying through it again, I am now seeing a new love for this game. And like, I really, really love this game now. So much more than when I first played it. And it might be a little bit on the nose for us and considering the kind of games we like, but it's a Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is like one of the best games for the concept of the second playthrough is better. And I think so I, I had, I've recently I've recently watched uh, Tim Rogers' review of Final Fantasy VII Remake after I had already decided that I, that I really love this game. Now having played it, uh, having started to play through it again, uh, and in his review, which I highly recommend everybody to watch, but it's three hours long, so maybe <laughs> maybe take it in chunks. Uh, but he supposes that the reason why this game tends to feel better on its second playthrough and beyond is that being an RPG, being a role-playing game, you know, you as the main character, you are playing the role. And it's almost like your first time playing the game, it's almost like you're you're on stage playing a role but you don't know the script you don't know how to play the role well because you don't know what's going to happen and basically since you know late uh december of last year i've started playing regularly with someone and I'm sharing this game with that person for the first time and I'm I, I'm I'm the one who's in control and I know exactly where to go, exactly what to do. Uh we're using chapter selection so I can skip over stuff that's not as fun, like the the side quest stuff that can get a little bit tedious, and we're just doing all killer no filler. We're doing an all killer no filler run of Final Fantasy VII remake. 
And that has really made this experience so much better than what it was like in my first experience when I had to like really go through the grind of it and like do all the side quests and, you know, do all this, you know, stuff that isn't really as interesting. I can just focus on the really entertaining main story and all the wonderful characters in there. And that and ultimately i do understand and maybe some people have played it several times and maybe they still have problems with it and i i would agree i I have problems with it myself as well especially uh anything that happens after chapter nine pretty much uh after chapter nine the pacing goes downhill and i agree uh i would say that that's that's still an issue for me even though i'm skipping around a lot and trying to mitigate that as much as possible i think probably that that game's biggest issue is in pacing and i think uh it's a 25 hour game that they stretch to be about 45 hours that's 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 what i think is the problem it's a 25 hour game that has been stretched by 20 hours and I think if they cut about 20 hours of, you know, the stuff that's not as important, I think that game would have been, you know, a lot closer to like 10 out of 10 for most people because it's just that good. The, the stuff that's in there that's good is really, really good. And also now me replaying it, I'm replaying it in Japanese and I have to say, man, the English localization I can't stress this enough. The English localization of 7 Remake is really, really good. Like, it's insane how good the localization of 7 Remake is. And I say that in that it's a really good localization. It is not necessarily accurate to the Japanese. But me playing through both the English and the Japanese... I like the English version of everything better. The English version is better. The English version of 7 Remake is a lot better than the Japanese version of 7 Remake. Even though I do really like the Japanese version of 7 Remake. There's a lot of things that I do like about it and some things I even like better about it. But on the whole, man, that localization is really good. So those are my two games. Best game of 2020 for me. Of what I played in 2020, definitely Nier Automata. Favorite game, Seven Remake. Churro, what about what about you? So I have, yeah, so I have two. And then I do have an honorable mention I want to bring in too. So okay. The honorable mention is going to go to Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon. Oh, sweet. So basically, this is actually my first Yakuza game I played. I never played any, yeah. any of the other ones. But for it to go from a, you know, beat-em-up to an RPG and it fits really well as an RPG. Like I didn't think when I first heard about it going to an RPG, I didn't think it'd be, you know, I thought like, what are they thinking? And, but no, it, it blew away my expectations quite well. So if you haven't played any, if you played any of the Yakuza games or you haven't, Yakuza seven, like a dragon is pretty much a really good game. I'm going to jump in real quick and say I haven't played Yakuza 7 yet, and I I plan to, but in the grind of 2020 and still 2021, I've yet to play it, but it's on my list. 
Please continue. All right. Second one, number two, would be like just like you, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Basically, it, it took something that was really important in my... Let's see, it was like 90... Was it 97 it came out? Yeah. So I was in my early teens. So it took something from my early teens and blew my mind when I first played it. And... Yeah. Just to see it again, you know, and, you know, in the in today's modern graphics and today's, you know, direction, I really had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it, you know, just to see the characters come, you know, be voiced and come to life and everything. It, you know, even, even the, even the small, smaller, uh, lesser cast, you know, even they got their time to shine in it. Yeah. So that made it all well because it, it made the world feel alive. So I really enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake. And what was your what was your favorite chapter? My favorite chapter would be the one where they you know for you in, infiltrate Shinra headquarters. Yeah, it's always yep, my favorite chapter good. because it's just it's just like a lot has happened. You know, the pillars got destroyed. You know, and and they blame it on you. So it's like, and they think you're dead, but it's like. You know, they kidnap Aerith and all that, and it's like, all right, time to get some, you know, they're, they're just desserts yeah, ready. Payback. So, that's... I would say for me, um, my probably number one would be Wall Market, the chapter nine. But for Shinra, I like everything before and after the Hojo's Lab segment. Yeah, I that's one thing I hated about but like, I felt the Hojo's Lab segment was dragging. I felt that chapter was dragging on. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's overall, oh my god, so good. And my number one, and this comes as no surprise, it's Persona 5 Royal. I still haven't played it. It, They took an already perfect, awesome game and made it even better, if that's even possible. You know, they, they took, it's almost like they took the complaints down from the original and they fixed and they made it they fixed it they made it better they also mm. made some of the characters uh that they bring in there more central to the story and it it's it's like if persona 5 was my 10 out of 10 persona 5 Royal is like my 11 out of 10 basically that's it, awesome it was like the best month and a half that i spent on sh- you know streaming it on twitch yeah you know, and once I got to the end, it's like, can't believe it's over. Yeah, right. Because of that, it's now it's like, can't wait for Persona 5 Strikers next month, so right. bring it on. Yeah. For me, I haven't played, um, I only played Persona 5 the one time uh, with with the vanilla version, so I'm really excited. I, I'm not going to rush to play Royal right away. But after I, you know, because I'm developing quite a backlog here, you know, you got Yakuza 7 and Ghost of Tsushima and all, all these other amazing games that came out last year, Cyberpunk, whenever they fixed that game. And like there's all these other like big high profile games that I just haven't gotten gotten to yet. Uh, once I've gotten through a, a nice bulk of those, I, I definitely see persona 5 royal in my future i want to play that uh but once once i finally like really let 
all my memory of the vanilla version go away because yeah i mean it's mostly the same game from the start so yeah but yeah i'm excited to play it with a a fresh eyes i still need to play uh ghost of tsushima i still need to play the last of us part two and i heard i heard hades was really good game so i need to play that as well yeah there's a lot of good stuff out there and then is hades on game pass i don't think so i don't think so yeah not yet too bad yeah i'm pretty sure um there are other games like bastion and like uh that one with the girl with the red hair i I forget um, the name of that one the sword uh transistor yeah transistor i think those are on game pass if i'm not mistaken but uh yeah those would be great like game pass games um, I, might, I might save Hades for a Switch so I could play it on the go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, okay, that that is... Okay, so you, you, you got some, some great ones on your list. I will just say real quick about Switch. I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but I, I sold my Switch. Oh, you did? I sold my Switch. The Infidel, what did you do? How did you sell that amazing thing well hey uh, i sold it for the money i bought it for that's pretty good uh yeah basically I, i'm w- i'm waiting for the switch pro yeah that's like, what i'm gonna do too i'm just gonna i'm not i was thinking about trading in my switch because it's the updated switch but i was like nah maybe yeah. i can give that to my nephews and then yeah I'll take i the switch sold pro for my myself. uh my launch switch well, uh, my launch switch, which was my only switch, I sold that. Well, I still, I still, I still play my switch because it has, you know, it has Final Fantasy. I have Final Fantasy seven through twelve on it. So yeah, it's like yeah. I have those, and I plus I have, I still play Smash, and um, I have finally locked all the characters for Smash. I have the both season passes bought, so it's like yeah. I like streaming Smash with friends online. My, my Smash record right now, online record, is uh, 18 and 69, so yeah, I'm really bad at Smash online. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm slightly kicking myself for it now, though, because uh, so the person that I'm playing um, 7 Remake with, uh, we're, we've gotten to the point where we know what the whispers are, and then I basically like spelled it out and like, look, so people like you are not the whispers. You've never played Final Fantasy VII, but people like me, I'm the whispers. There you go. Churro, I'm sure you get what that means. Yes, I I'm do. I'm not going to spell it out because we're not doing Final Fantasy VII remake spoilers. But I was basically spelling it out for her that like, look, people like me are the whispers. I'm a whisper. And then eventually she got it to the point where, oh, I kind of want to stop playing Remake now. Can we just, like, play Original 7 first? <laughs> like, we got to that that far of re- realization about what we've been playing so far. So I'm kind of kicking myself because I was like, oh, man, I, I wish I had my, my Switch so we could uh, – uh, play seven remake on, or, or original seven on that because you know she's got a switch um switch light mm. so it can't be connected to my tv and yeah it's it, it's complicated but yeah i'm thinking about uh yeah i i really want to get switch pro whenever that happens and 
I yeah. just bought a. I just bought a Xenoblade Definitive Edition, and I never played Xenoblade, awesome. so I can't wait to start that. Yeah, that that RPG. I've said about a billion times, but it's for people that liked Final Fantasy X, but didn't like Final Fantasy twelve, or it's for people that liked Final Fantasy twelve but didn't like Final Fantasy X, or it's for people that liked Final Fantasy X and like Final Fantasy twelve. There you go. So basically, if you liked either ten or twelve, and either hated either one of them, but at least liked one of them, or liked both of them, Xenoblade is the Final Fantasy thirteen you've been waiting for. Oh wow! It's a weird. I, I mean, if you really think back to the lineage of who Monolith Soft is, like it goes all the way back to Xenogears, which is x square people that i think they're like offshoots of the six staff if i'm not mistaken like it's like people that worked on final fantasy 6 but didn't go on to work on parasite eve or final fantasy 7 went off to go make xeno gears and then the xeno gear staff got like kind of you know, screwed over on Xeno Gears. They were forced to release it too soon. And uh, they decided to like leave and make their own studio. And then they got like a working situation with Namco. And that's how they made Xeno Saga. And then they finished up Xeno Saga, which was supposed to be a six game series, but released as a three game series. And then once that was over and done with, uh, they partnered with Nintendo on the Wii and started making uh, Monado was what it, it what its original name was going to be, and then uh, it, they eventually named it to be Xenoblade. So it was in the Xeno lineage, and they've been with Nintendo ever since. Nice. Also, fun fact: uh, the Monolith Soft team after making uh xenoblade chronicles x which is an open world game they used that technology and basically helped nintendo make breath of the wild oh snap yeah so (laughs) the reason why breath of the wild has open world you can thank monolith soft yeah i don't want to i don't want to make people think the xenoblade is technic it's not really open world it's more you know how some people called final fantasy 12 open world even though it's not seamless Mm mm-hmm it's kind of like that, but bigger. Nice. So it, it, it's a little bit open world, but not really. And also, if you need more of a confirmation of stuff, Yokoshiba Moore does compose a few songs for Xenoblade. Yep. She composed, yeah, a lot of a lot of songs for Xenoblade. It's also, um, I think, the guy from Chrono Trigger also composed on it. Uh, I think in total there was like maybe five composers and they're all like amazing. They're all like super legends in the industry, except for, I think one composer, which I think is actually a small group of composer composers called ACE plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They sort of came out of nowhere and I think they're from the anime industry and actually their songs are the best songs in Xenoblade. They also remixed That's... a lot of songs in uh, Smash. Yep. Yeah, yep. they did a rearrangements for a lot of uh, character songs. Yeah. So 
just all around Xenoblade music-wise, amazing. Uh, the only thing that sucked about Xenoblade back on the Wii was the visuals, which they made this remake to solve that. So, not an issue anymore. So yeah, uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. It's really great. So yeah, that that was a big uh, winding pathway, but yeah, uh, I, I I wanted to see if we could get like our little game of the year stuff in while uh, we had the chance. So uh, yeah, next big next bit of news question mark this one especially question mark but sure i'm gonna present this to you like this is a a sensationalist like buzzfeed article or something can kingdom hearts finally get star wars dun 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 yeah so uh, churro for the longest time as far as we know there was one major big thing, at least publicly. There could be other stuff that we don't know about, but at the very least, publicly, there was one big roadblock that separated the Star Wars stuff from Kingdom Hearts. There's one major roadblock, and it's a big American company that makes FIFA and Madden, and they're called EA. And they had this big Star Wars exclusivity, and it was terrible. They made all these big budget games and then put loot boxes in them. And then all these governments got involved, and there were lawsuits. It was terrible. After all these years, after 10,000 years, Star Wars is finally free. The EA deal is done. Yeah, I I think that uh, Lucas Games or whatever they they're called, yeah, um, didn't really saw all that with EA done with uh, with their titles, and they're just yeah. like, yep, we're not going to renew that ex- exclusive exclusivity contract yeah. that we have on you. Like basically, the only game that they really did well was the Fallen Order, and I and pretty yep. m- and the first battle was a battleground. Well, no, uh, uh, battlefront. Battlefront. The first one was yeah, like, before before the loot boxes. Yeah, before the loot boxes. I mean, it was pretty good, but then it just yeah. died down. And then Battlefront Two was a complete mess. Exactly. And then Fallen Order, kind of, kind of, they kind of said it. You know, a, you know, a reversal in it. But yeah, by, yeah, but by yeah. then it was already too late. Yeah, I've actually so speaking on Fallen Order, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, it's like a Star Wars Dark Souls is what I've heard. It's, it's Star on, Wars it's on Game Pass. Oh, yeah, i got to play that. So, yeah, I heard it called Star Wars Dark Souls slash um, Metroid. So I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, the only thing that I've heard that is not good about it was that it was kind of rushed out the door. You know, typical EA thing to do is they rushed out the door. So there was a lot of bugs at the beginning, but I, I think maybe now it might be okay to play through. So I've heard really good things about it. Uh, but uh, that game was made by the same people that made uh, Apex Legends. Yeah. So you can't really like uh, g- give all the credit to EA on that. But anyway. Um, so yeah, basically um, what's funny is it was never really announced specifically that the Star Wars deal with EA is over. And EA is still making games with star wars i mean they've got uh the new rogue squadron game coming out um so that's gonna happen 
But what has happened is uh, basically Disney has established a new company called Lucasfilms, uh, Lucasfilm Games, which previously there uh, was uh, LucasArts. So that was the company that was in charge of all the old like Star Wars games and like the old um, like Tim Schafer point and click adventure games like Grim Fandango and uh, Full Throttle and Day of the Tentacle, all those like point and click computer games. That was all LucasArts. Uh, this is Lucasfilm Games, and as far as I can tell, it doesn't seem like Lucasfilm Games is a game studio, even though it's called Lucasfilm Games. To my knowledge, I do not think they are a game studio, and instead, I think they're more like what Disney Interactive is right now, how they're kind of more like a rights management company for Lucasfilm properties and then they go out to companies that are game studios and make deals with them and give them the rights to make games for them. So it used to be back in the day that LucasArts was their own game division. Like they like uh I'm sure you remember Churro uh Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Yep. You know. That game that was supposed to be a this gen game, but didn't or a PS4 generation game, but never made it. That was going to be a LucasArts game. Like LucasArts themselves were making that, but that just yeah, it didn't pan out. But now Lucasfilm Games is teaming up with other studios to make their games. So for example, um, uh, they're currently partnering with Ubisoft to make an open world Star Wars game. And they're also partnering with uh, Bethesda and Machine Games to make an Indiana Jones adventure game. And it sounds like a a single-player one. So, uh, on the whole, these are huge, you know, the huge franchises and huge game companies that they're working with. I'm really excited and happy that Lucasfilm Games is, like, opening things up and being more... Uh, almost like how Marvel actually Marvel's doing the same thing, right? Like Marvel's going out to different studios to make their games. Like they went for Square Enix to make, uh, um, uh, to make, uh, Avengers. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, that turned out how it turned yeah. out. But... <laughs> There's like no comment needed <laughs> I mean, on that, <laughs> no comment. but they made the Avengers game and, uh, well, Crystal Dynamics did. And, uh, I'm pretty sure there's other studios making other Marvel games. We just haven't heard about it yet. But, you know, Marvel's kind of doing that. Disney, I guess, I guess they're doing that. But I can't even think of any Disney games apart from Kingdom Hearts. And, oh, there was that one, that Disney mobile game that came out, that Japanese one, where Mickey Mouse was like in a sports stadium. Oh, that one. I can't remember the name, but it looks pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that one's not Square Enix though. So that's that's like an example of that. So it seems like Lucasfilm Games is another one of those kinds of uh, rights management companies where they're just gonna, you know, contract out studios to make games that contain Lucasfilm properties. That seems to be the case there. So bringing it all back around to Kingdom Hearts. I know it's a little bit tenuous, the relation here, but, uh, I mean, Churro, as far as we know, up until now, the biggest 
and most public thing that we knew about that was blocking Kingdom Hearts from getting Star Wars has been this deal with EA that was signed like almost a decade ago. Yeah, because Nomura Nomura even said so himself too. Yeah. He said in an interview when the whole, um, when um, Disney bought, you know, the rights Star Wars. Oh yeah, Yeah. Star Wars, yeah. And I think Nomura mentioned it again uh, when Kingdom Hearts 3 was released too when they yep. they asked him again if the possibility of Marvel and Star Wars and Nomura mentioned that due to certain contracts he didn't specif- specify but you know it's yeah, obvious yeah, what yeah. he was talking about. Exactly. So Churro how, how are you feeling now in terms of the likelihood of Kingdom Hearts finally getting Star Wars? I mean we know Nomura's obviously a huge fan oh, of course that's that's clear and you, you don't even need to look farther than uh the kingdom hearts final mix boss fight with uh Zemnis, unknown and his lightsabers and you don't need to look any further than uh kingdom hearts 2 and mickey literally like fighting like yoda and the final uh, gummy ship battle, which is basically the 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 battle for Yavin, and you know the the Death Star trench run, pretty much. Like ev- everything, you know. There's been so many hints throughout the Kingdom Hearts series for it. Do you think we might have a chance now? Yeah, we do. I mean, it's pretty much Nomura is you know. Namara, one of the, I mean, if you go back to um, his interview about including Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, at yeah. World's End in Kingdom Hearts three, his response that he wanted to push the limits of the con of the engine and the console to see how well they yeah. can use live action, and it's like, can you mm-hmm. imagine seeing that same result with Star Wars? Ooh, yeah. I mean, so, just just watch just watch the Mandalorian, and you can get an idea. Yeah, and it's like you know, Nomura, you know, is smart. He he knows how to, you know, take his time with things and see how they work, you know, before he actually goes all in on it. And then with the yeah. whole, you know, melody of memory scenario, you know, going, you know, with you know, uh, with uh, Quadratum. And, mm-hmm. and its universe, you know, we're probably going to see more "quote unquote" real life looking people. Yeah, and that, that's actually something interesting. Like I, I remember one time we were talking with uh, Erica Harlicker about this, and I know she really doesn't like the idea of Star Wars in uh, in Kingdom Hearts, but uh, you know. I, I, I remember her thing about it was it being like too real or whatever, like that that in Avengers, it being too real to put into Kingdom Hearts. But yeah, now that we're going to Quadratum, where it's very clearly based off of the real world, I kind of feel like there's definitely a lot more room for more live action stuff and more experimental stuff in that world. And, yeah, I think Star Wars totally fits. I mean, just look at Yozora and all the crazy, like, technological abilities he has. Like, Kingdom Hearts is going, or at least at the very, from the perspective of what we have now, which I admit is very limited, 
but with Quadratum and with Yozora and all of that, it's going more realistic and it's going at least a little bit more sci-fi because of all this stuff. So I'm interested to see the direction that that goes. And I mean, you could even just like look at uh, look at Union Cross and how that has been uh, progressing more recently. It's definitely going very sci-fi. So there's definitely there's definitely room there. I will also point out, Churro, um, Kingdom Hearts Four is clearly in quite early production. And this is right about the time where, you know, there's still plenty of room to decide on worlds for Kingdom Hearts 4. Like, if we remember back to um, to Kingdom Hearts 3, like, the most recent film that was in Kingdom Hearts 3, I believe, was Big Hero 6. I think that's the most recent property. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that was like... That was like a 2014 movie, I want to say. Something like that. Let's see, yeah. Big Hero 6 is 2014. So... And it got announced to Kingdom Hearts 3 in 2015. Yep, it was announced, yeah, a year later. So that was the latest property that they were able to squeeze in. Which, if you think about it, like, that's... That was pretty early into the development of Kingdom Hearts. Like... into the development of Kingdom Hearts 3 because it was announced in 2013. We know they were in some kind of pre-production in 2012. Announced in 2013. And the last movie that they were able to put in before the cutoff was 2014. And then it didn't come out till 2019. Like five years after that. Like these worlds take a long time to make. There's no doubt no question about that so i wouldn't be surprised if there's still time i and i think there is i think there's still time for a star wars world to get confirmed and especially after all the stuff that has been going on here with you know uh disney and lucasfilm and all that I'm sure Tetsuya Nomura is fully aware of all that stuff going on. I'm sure he's constantly talking to Disney about when can I do Star Wars? When can I do Star Wars? And I would not be surprised if, you know, once that has, now that it has been lifted, if we're not full warp speed on like get Star Wars in as fast as possible. Because... I'm I'm in the party that believes that Kingdom Hearts would fit with Star Wars like a glove. Everything about it just works. I think at least at least in my head. I think Avengers is a little bit of a stretch, but now having seen all the movies, I think it could work too. But Star Wars, no question in my mind, especially after seeing The Mandalorian, like Star Wars always like plays around with stuff that is like a little bit like corny a little bit cheesy a little bit cartoony you know even as far back as like you know look at like return of the jedi with ewoks like if they can have ewoks and jar jar pinks and you know even to some extent like uh some of the droids in uh a new hope like there was that one little tiny droid that when uh chewbacca is being like uh 
walk down in shackles they're like using him as a diversion and that little tiny mouse droid shows up and chewbacca sort of roars at it and it like scurries away and has like a this really cute little sound to it like it's always been kind of directed at kids and kind of cutesy so i feel like in that sense star wars and kingdom hearts can can work like i'm not worried about that so yeah i I, i'm excited also i i I wonder if sora could become a jedi and use the force i would laugh if he becomes a jedi before he becomes a keyblade master that would be hilarious. Sora becomes a Jedi before the Keyblade Master. I mean, at the you, very if, least, if you think about, we gotta it. get the lightsaber Keyblade. And also, it's obvious that if you look at the plot line of Kingdom Hearts, it pretty much mirrors Star Wars. Oh yeah, you know, Jedi sure. Keyblade Masters. You know, it's it's all there. Yeah, you know, we I just mean, need the a- actual physical manis- manifestation of Star Wars in the games. Exactly. Now, Churro, um, I- I'm sure. You know, Nomura's got his own opinions on Star Wars, so, you know, he would be the final judge. But if you had to choose an era of Star Wars, a film from Star Wars, that would be the representation of Star Wars that is in the very first, you know, world for Kingdom Hearts, what would it be? What what point of Star Wars would you choose to be the thing that would be the first world for, for Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I would say probably. I know it probably won't be the best opinion, you know. Yeah, yeah. You guys can tweet at me about this, but I would probably say like during the prequels when Anakin going through his training. Really? Okay. Okay. I I would personally peg that as like maybe uh uh I don't know birth by sleep or maybe one of those guys could deal with it. But okay, okay. That's a, I mean, it's a it is a fun time in the in the plot, and I'm I'm very partial to pod racing personally. Well, I'm talking but, about like uh, not like not like a young child Anakin. Oh, like his, oh, like cl- Clone Wars era. Yeah, more like him, and he's a you know, and his is he's an, a young adult, you know, kind of okay, like right okay. before his turn to the darkness, the dark side. Okay, I could see that. I could see that being like a good, uh, like a good. Uh, example of a time frame uh because at least for me so i I guess i'll i'll be the more traditional choice where i'm just like new hope or bust there Um, you go but uh, i'll give i'll give a big reason why apart from the fact that i just like that era better is uh, and my reasoning would be this is the fact that the amount of time that passes between new hope empire and jedi the amount of time that passes between all three of those films is not that much like luke and uh, and the gang don't age that much so hypothetically if over the course of the next three big games if there are like star wars worlds in each one you could have a, a new hope world you could have a world based on um uh, empire you have a world based on jedi and and you know complete the trilogy there and you know sora would be aging alongside them and you know that that would sort of just fit and not really uh not not be too uh you know 
you wouldn't have to bend over backwards to make it work timeline wise like it would work fine um i would agree that like that time that you uh suggested churro like around the time of anakin's turn then if it was around that time then yeah you could do attack of the clones you could do one for clone wars and you could do one for revenge of the sith and that's all kind of like you know the same same kind of like not so long time frame so that it's not like you know too much of a gap um because generally speaking it seems like they 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 try to think about that when they're selecting their worlds like you know all of the like older disney films were in like birth by sleep though though you, you do bring up a good point about a new hope because you know when luke is going through his training with you know yoda yeah you know that'd be a good way of sora understanding maybe maybe even regaining his power is strength again yeah because you know considering every kingdom hearts game sora loses his powers yep so you know what a way to be trained by a, you know by a master jedi yeah for sure and there's actually a really great um scene in uh in uh in empire during uh during the time where uh lucas training with yoda where he's in the in the swamp on dagobah and just randomly uh comes across across darth vader he he strikes him down and then uh his mask is open he actually cuts off darth vader's head it's great cuts off his head and then the mask is like opened and it's luke's own face in the mask and it's like uh you know like a premonition of him go- you know potentially going over to the dark side and other uh spoilers related to you know Star Wars and Dark Vader and Luke and you know a scenario like that could also be a really cool time where maybe Sora has a similar experience while Luke is you know having his experience with Vader maybe Sora has his own like uh you know inner demons sort of come come out to light and may you know because every now and then and especially in Kingdom Hearts 3 this happened quite often where the main plot sort of like uh breaks in to the plot of what the Disney world is happening at the time and they it sort of like takes center stage for a second and I definitely feel like in Star Wars, there's a lot of room for that kind of stuff where, you know, the organization members would fit perfectly anytime. Or, you know, if Master of Masters has their, you know, if there's a whole new set of villains, they could totally fit. No problem. Show up there. Yozora could show up in a Star Wars world. No problem. He'll whip out his sword and people think it's a lightsaber you know there's plenty of room for that stuff so yeah there, there there's a lot of really interesting uh directions that it could be taken and i'm sure if we're if we can come up with all these crazy ideas on the spot i'm sure namora has been thinking about it literally since like 2002 <laughs> like well, i'm I mean, sure he's been thinking about it this whole time i mean remember he wanted toy story back in the original kingdom hearts yeah technology was there at the time exactly so it's uh it's it's one of those things where like i i think there's a chance and i i not only think there's a chance of star wars entering the series but i think there's still a chance for specifically uh it to be possible in the next numbered title because i think we're still early enough in development that it wouldn't be that bad to start, uh, you know, putting that stuff in there. So 
yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll, uh, hopefully that'll happen. All right. So moving on to the questions, our first question comes from JRPG and they ask, uh, there are a lot of upcoming new characters, uh, to kingdom hearts, uh, to the kingdom hearts stories, but what current kingdom hearts characters are you most interested in seeing developed further? Hmm. Interesting. I would love to see the, the pre-organization members. Like, yeah, I kind of yeah. want to see how they were before they became members of their organization. Because, you know, some of them are revealed to be characters from you know, Union Cross, mm-hmm. you know. But then you have some of them that we still have no idea where they came from. Exactly. So it would be interesting uh, to see that. I'm with you there, uh, especially for, um, like, Lee and Isa and their, like, whole situation with uh, the uh, Subject X project x character that would be uh interesting to see i would also like to see backstory with terra and aqua yep and how they ended up in the care of master ericus that's true because we never really got to see what that was all about because you know ven was brought to them and even even ven too i would love to see how ven ended up in master's anor's care yeah i hope we get to see that in like dark road like yeah when dark road's nearing its end you know where it kind of like catches up to where you know birth by sleep kind of starts off i kind of want to see how those three end up you know being you know getting there where they got there because masters uh Ericus is a big you know driving force in, in Xehanort's life young life so yep. it'd be kind of interesting to see how those three ended up in their care there's definitely yeah a lot of uh really fertile ground there for uh interesting story development trying to think of any other really good ones i guess like i don't know i always love roxas i, I kind of feel like his story is kind of done like where can his story go from now like him roxas uh roxas Sheon. like i i'm not really exactly sure where their story is gonna go but i hope they get something namine would be good like namine you know she's clearly gonna be important going forward and you know she's got some really special abilities that can uh assist in finding sora uh i just hope that for her she's not just going to be relegated to being the plot device that's like the the she's the sora radar and that's about it yeah i'm kind of worried that that's all she's going to be uh i think there's more there to her that could be interesting i guess like the big one for me is going to be Kyrie. like can we get like a real Kyrie story yeah right yeah, Kyrie just feels like she keeps getting the uh, the short end of the stick, and I just feel bad about that. So, yeah, here's hoping she gets more. Uh, Riku, I think, is very clear. Riku's going to get some big stuff, so I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about Riku. Kyrie, I'm worried about. Uh, so yeah, I guess that wraps up that question. I guess uh, Churro, if you could take this next one. Alrighty, we got this question by Nico Gonzalez and they write melody of memory reintroduced the original kingdom hearts art style and even went the extra mile to provide us D makes of the kingdom hearts three Kyrie and Sora. Which art style do you prefer the original look or the kingdom shader that was introduced in 0.2. Although the original style is great and timeless. I very much do prefer the new style as the kingdom shader gives flexibility to the devs of a near one, one for one match for the 3d films. To this day, I've been on to visit Toy Box or that the Caribbean is actually a Kingdom Hearts game. 
Yeah, so uh, in, in terms of which style do I like, do I like the original style or do I like, you know, the original sort of PS2 style graphics and art style? Or do I like the more recent Unreal Engine, quote unquote, Kingdom Shader style? And I, I'll agree with you and definitely say that I prefer the uh, direction of it going for, you know, more realism with the the, the current style. Um but there are aspects of the original style that I still do prefer. I would say in particular, uh, I always felt that in Kingdom Hearts 2, the expressiveness of the characters, uh, I, I, I still feel like the the faces of the characters in Kingdom Hearts 2 are a lot more expressive, even Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance to a certain extent. But Kingdom Hearts 2 definitely had, like I feel like, the most polish in that regard. Um, uh not perfect i mean it's not like a film or anything but i definitely feel like there's there might still be some stuff there that still hasn't quite made it over to the the current style uh but ultimately i would say beyond either of these i want the kingdom hearts style to keep developing i want it to go further i think there's a lot of room for polish I think there's a lot of room for more detailing and uh, like a higher level of artistic execution. And, you know, over the course of me pursuing this particular uh, direction, um, well, I, I guess I can only really speak for the characters. I think the the worlds, you know, they're, they're going to progress a lot with technology. Um, but I definitely feel like with characters, and, and this is kind of just this is again something i've realized as i've gone over the course of years with uh pursuing 3d character art is that definitely for characters it is very much a time investment like how how detailed you want your character to be is going to be greatly determined on how much time you put into it and i would say a really great example for people out there that you know want a concrete example of this uh you know if you're a kingdom hearts fan just look at what kingdom hearts 3 sora looked like when he was first announced versus how he looks like now in the final game like it was nothing but improvements oh yeah like the way sora looks like in kingdom hearts 3 is amazing he looks so good there are some characters that I would still say are not quite as polished. I would say Sora absolutely, and unsurprisingly, Sora is the most polished character in that game. I would say characters like, for example, Riku. I think Riku's not quite to the level of where Sora is. Uh, and I'll just point out something for me, being a 3D character artist, something I personally would have you know, liked more of. Um, I think he needs maybe a little bit more of a defined jaw, maybe a little bit more of a slim, slightly slimmer face to sort of indicate that he's a little older. And I think his arms need to have some actual definition because right now they're like, it looks like he's got the shape of muscles, but there's no cuts there. So it's like, is he fat or is he buff? Is he is he lean or is he not? And if he's if he's lean enough that he's got some muscles there, then I might want to see some cuts there so we can show how you know he's ripped. And I feel like that would totally work with his character, but I think that's just a matter of time. I also feel like 
one area that I'm slightly let down in with the Kingdom Hearts characters now is the level of detail in the costumes of the default costumes. I think they're a little bit lower than where I would want them to be. I think an example of a really great costume that I love in Kingdom Hearts is the Pirates of the Caribbean Sora costume. That costume is super detailed. I like that. I don't think that's necessarily the art style that I would want the main style to look like, but I think that's like the level of detail that I want. I think, and you can still have a lot of detail and have it still be stylized. That is not, you know, stylization versus realism. That's an art style choice, but the amount of detail and polish, that is just a time choice. That is not an art style choice. And, you know, I'll just say, you know, some more examples are, um, you know, look at Final Fantasy VII. Look at what, basically just look at the 2015 trailer that actually had gameplay in it. The one from the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation experience. Look at every character in that trailer and compare them to the ones that, in the fi- that are in the final game. How much time was in between that trailer and the final release? Five years. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. That's how much time they spent on those characters from there. they spent the whole time polishing those characters and i want you to look at every review of final fantasy 7 remake pretty much every single review of 7 remake is going to gush about the characters and how beautiful that they are i don't think i've ever seen a remake uh final fantasy 7 remake uh review that hasn't mentioned the characters and how beautiful that they look like it's almost distracting how beautiful they are. So I think I would like to see more effort and love pushed for the Kingdom Hearts characters uh, in terms of polish going forward, especially since they'll be pursuing most likely next generation con you know next generation consoles, and also. You know, just because a lot of these characters are already made doesn't mean this is where they need to stay in terms of quality. I say take those models, use them as a starting point, and let's build up even further. That's my opinion. I think there's definitely room to grow. Um, I would say some some games that do it, uh, that do some of the things that I'd like to see for Kingdom Hearts are probably, you know, games like Overwatch. I think Overwatch is very close to the Kingdom Hearts style and has a lot more of the definition and detail that I'd like to see. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, You you know, it's all up to how much budget they can get. But hopefully, since all these characters are already made, it it wouldn't be as bad to take take it further than it currently is. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much covers that question. And last, Churro, uh, Gavin Harris asks, Namora said not to expect anything from 2021, but do you think there's still a chance we may get some kind of new Kingdom Hearts release in 2021? Um, well, here's the thing. Namora's lied before, so yeah, it's no possibility, but I kind of doubt it. <clears throat> I think Namora's got his mind, his mind fixated on other projects that he's working on agreed and um and also this year break is enough time to you know not just him but also the two other teams that are working on kingdom hearts stuff to kind of you know work on it considering how we're now still in a you know pandemic yeah so you know things gonna take longer 
than before to develop. So mm-hmm. it's great that they're that he's gonna actually gonna be taking a break this year from releasing yeah. anything Kingdom Hearts. So if anything, it'll probably just be like more Dark Road and Union Cross updates, pretty much. Yeah, agreed. I would say in terms of releases, the, I would say the only thing that only kinds of projects that have chance have a chance is kind of like how what you said with Dark Road. Anything that's low lower effort for Nomura or not directly involving the main staff. Melody of Memory was that because that that was developed by a, a separate team, Indie Zero. They made that, and then you know the, the the main staff helped out with cutscenes and stuff and that sort of packaging for it. But like the main game was made by Indie Zero, and the last like real Kingdom Hearts project and product that we received from the main staff was uh, Remind. That was the last thing. So. Going forward, if there's other projects that don't directly involve Nomura, for example, that rumored Disney Plus series, that could be something that could release in a year like this. I don't know about releases, but maybe announcements? Announces, yes. Announcements, eh, announcements, I guess, could happen. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of take Nomura at his word that, like, you know, maybe there'll be a big event for you know 20th anniversary well that's but. what he mentioned in an interview that he said the 20th anniversary is on you know in 2022 and he said you know look forward to that because it's going to be big yeah so i i'm yeah. gonna hold him to I his guess, word on that yeah well we will we'll have to to see on that but yeah i, I I'm, I'm with you Chura. i kind of feel like yeah this i'm gonna take him at his word this time that it's probably going to be a lighter year and uh you know, I, I would say personally, the biggest thing that could possibly be released that has a chance is maybe a PlayStation Five release or next gen patch for Kingdom Hearts Three. That's really the only thing that I could think of, and I'm true. actually, I actually kind of doubt. Honestly, I, I kind of doubt there's going to be a PlayStation Five release, and the only reason is I don't think there's enough PlayStation Fives out there to justify it yet. Yeah, I think it might be still a little bit too early. Yeah, that's why Nomura's mentioned that anything developing for the PS5 is basically going to be not in the early stages of the PS5. Yeah, late late stages, yeah. And that makes sense. It's going to be a long time to make the game, but on top of that, like games like this, they really want to bank on, you know, install base. And right now install base for uh, playstation 5 as compared to ps4 is really low so there's there's really no incentive to really go all that crazy right now releasing stuff making stuff sure like there's no doubt in my mind that playstation 5 is going to be as big as playstation 4 at least that's not a doubt in my mind but you know it's going to take time you know we're, we're still in a pandemic they got to release these consoles. These consoles are more expensive than they have been in the past. The games are more expensive than they have been in the past. Like there's some roadblocks that are in the, in the way of that happening. And then on top of that, they got to make the whole game. So it's going to be a while. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes, but yeah, I'm with you, Churro. We'll, we'll have to see how that all pans out. 
All right, so uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything for this uh, episode. Our music for this episode is a wonderful cover of Don't Think Twice. Uh, this is a cover by uh, three amazing artists. We got uh, Lolia Oreo. Oreo spelt with a three for the E. Oreo. Ooh, I love Oreo. She's a really amazing singer. Yeah, sh- she's amazing. And we have Chris Thurman, who did the uh, the actual arrangement. And they not only did this in English, but they did it in Japanese. And I was very tempted to put Chikai on here because I personally like Chikai better than Don't Think Twice. But then, you know, I listened to their cover and then thought, well, this one's really good too. I think most of our fans would like the English version. So I decided to go with that. But if you want to hear the Japanese version, you could just check, uh, you know, go on YouTube and find it. And uh, yeah, so our next episode of Kingdom Hearts is uh, Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the second of February. As always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one! Yay! And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. And remember that you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, it is that time again. It is goodbye time. The first goodbye of uh, goodbye time from 2021. Yeah, we're in. We're here. We're in the future. Well, you're in the future. I'm in the future. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's already <laughs> a day after you. It's like, it's like what Xehanort said, the future. It's already written. Yep. It's uh it's already written and I can tell you it's uh it's still kinda cold over here in Japan and the <laughs> funny thing is over here in SoCal we just had a heat wave, so it was like eighty degrees. Oh jeez. It's we took it, all our heat. And we're in winter too, so <laughs> Yeah, that's so, crazy. Yep. But yeah. Um uh, thanks guys for tuning in and uh it's a good start to twenty twenty one and hopefully we can bring you as much Kingdom Hearts news as we can this year despite you know Nomura saying taking a break yeah we will we will absolutely be doing our best to get you any (laughs) kind of news that could possibly be related to Kingdom Hearts I know this time it was a little bit of a a stretch but I think you know you know stuff like this for you know Star Wars it does have a, a big connection to the to the Kingdom Hearts series and it is something a lot of people have been waiting for so you know, I'm, I'm hoping you were glad to hear about that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, there's anything for the next one. If not, you know, I'm sure there will be episodes that we encounter. It's only going to, you know, it's only likely that's going to happen that, you know, we're going to come to an episode that may just have no news. And if that's the case, we'll come up with some kind of interesting uh, sort of discussion type segment. You can always figure those out. So no worries about that. So hope you enjoy this year of uh of kingdom hearts union and uh yeah let's uh let's make some great new year's resolutions and stick to them there we go all right so uh yeah i'm brandon saying goodbye this has been a kingdomheartsunion.com production
twice. 